0: the Bard. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to this week's episode of Baseball with the Bard. My name is Tyler Bard, and that over there is Noah Cross. And remember that Baseball with the Bard is by Clovercrest Media. So, like I said, welcome back to the postseason. season. We went from mild to spicy real fast, Mr. Cross. And, uh, you know, I'm going to use the old saying, I hate to say I told you so. But do I? Do I really hate to tell you I told you so, Noah? No, you games don't. in seven games. Both of them happened. Now I just need one more thing to have a perfect prediction record for the ALCS and NLCS. And I will be very happy. I don't think any of us saw what happened exactly happening uh, the way it did with the ALCS. But, you know, that's why I went vague. <laughs> I couldn't predict every single bit of it. So, yes, everyone, episode 14 of Baseball with the Bard. We are happy to be with you, here with you once again. Uh, we're going to switch it up momentarily. Uh, we just want to talk quickly about COVID. Uh, there isn't any in the MLB. Uh, moving on. The Red Sox, you know, we've been neglecting to talk about you guys for a little while now, so we thought we'd give you just a little bit of extra attention this go-around. So one of the big questions uh, that Red Sox fans and other baseball fans alike all have going on right now is, is Alex Cora going to be coming back to the Red Sox? Noah, you know... I really, I respect your opinion as a baseball fan. You're very uh, smart in the field of baseball. I'm curious to see what you think first.
1: No, absolutely not. I'm sorry. I'm one of few. I'm going to have to say absolutely not. I mean, you you can't go from one team like the Astros, who had this whole scandal, and his name was tossed around. Not even, it's not like they were like, oh, he knew about it and didn't care. His name was tossed around as a person who had a lot to do with it. And then a year later, he goes over to the Red Sox, who are again slapped for doing something similar to sign stealing using technology they're not supposed to, and whose name is there again, Alex Cora. To me, right. it's a no-brainer for the chain blue and the Red Sox to be like, "Uh, bad look. No.
0: Yeah, it is definitely a bad look. I agree with you. Um, And we did talk about it. uh, I believe two, maybe three episodes ago, whenever the last time was, we talked about the Red Sox. Um, So I think it was about two episodes ago. Um, We did talk about management and I just, I don't think it's a smart move. And I get it. Why people like Alex Cora, he won us a world series championship. Um, but so did John Farrell, and he's tainted. So what's the difference? Why are we bringing back guys who have a little bit of a taint to their uh, – a taint, little bit of a taint. I'm never going to say that again. Nope. uh tainted legacy <laughs> to their name, um, like, the, like the, in the likes of Farrell and, and Cora. Why not bring on a new guy who has that same vibe that those two give off? Give me like a Jason Veritek. That would be something exciting for this team. They already are very good. Um, Maybe, sure, does he have any coaching experience? A little bit down in the minors? That's it. Uh, But I think he'd be a good revitalization for this team. Um, I'm very excited to see what they do going forward. I just hope it's not with Cora. Um, But the big question is uh, this free agency uh, and trade talk going on right now. Are the Red Sox going to get any of these big market names in Bauer? Mookie Betts, or George Springer. Those are some big market names right now. And here I have them, the three up there for you. Noah, I'm going to go uh, on the screen wise, left to right. You tell me if these guys have a chance of coming to Boston. Sure. All right. Springer? No. Really? Nope. Not even slightly? Nope. Mookie Betts? Nope. Trevor True. Bauer?
1: That's the only maybe. And that's only because, one, Bauer is not going to sign a deal that's going to have him stay anywhere for a while. So the Red Sox might be able to swing something, right? A okay. year, two years, maybe even three years. I don't know how much Bauer's is going to want to sign for, right? A Which lot. means that the price is going to be low. And then, two, the Red Sox, as we saw this year, are hurting in the starting yeah. pitching rotation. Now, is Bauer going to want to go to a team? Now, I mean, and take this as you wish. Obviously, I'm a Yankees fan. He's going to want to go to a team that doesn't really have a shot or no one thinks is going to do anything. I don't know. Like this Bauer is like, listen, I'm bored. Let's go win something. Um, I and, don't know. You know I, I think know Trevor I Bauer
0: thinks he could be a reason that a team is a winning team. Um, so I think he thinks he could be that, that major chess piece on a board uh, that could ultimately get the win. Um, I, of all of them, um, of course, I'd obviously love to see any of them in mm. in Red Sox uniform. Especially, especially Mookie. You, you <laughs> um, because we're probably going to be losing guys in the likes of Jackie Bradley and Andrew Benintendi. Um, but I would love to see uh, Trevor Bauer in a Red Sox uniform. Um, mm. You and I have said many, many times how much we really enjoy Trevor Bauer um, and I just, I, I don't know. Will they sign them? Uh, probably not. No, honestly. Um, but they're probably going to go after the less expensive options in the trade market and the uh, other, and the other signs of the market as well. So it's going to be, uh, it's going to be pretty fun to see what they do. I, I don't mm. expect too much, but I don't usually expect too much in the off season anyways, just so I can be super excited when something big does happen. Um Yeah, there's going to be a lot of questions in the offseason right now. The Red Sox are in a deep hole um, after two years ago winning a World Series. Um, So, Can they do it again? Noah, this is that magic number. that Three years after they win a World Series, they start their rise back up to the top. Um, Let's see if they can do it. I'm I'm not giving up hope on the Sox. I never will. I never have. Um, I just hope that sooner rather than later the Red Sox will look like their true form once again um but that's it that's all we're giving the red sox for now we got to focus in on the people who are actually doing something remotely important right now like these guys the yankees noah there's some free agent issues coming up right now mm-hmm. tj lemayhew tanaka brett gardner james Paxson, and stanton and britain both have opt-outs that is a that's a lot of work that you guys are going to have to put in for some of these guys that I'm just going to lay on the screen here. Just give me a, an overview of all of those guys. And if you think they're staying or not, I just, I don't Chicago know. Stanton
1: will not opt out. There is not a chance he is going to do that. Yes. He had a tear in the put po- in the uh, uh, postseason. season. Uh, he's not going anywhere. He's got a big contract. He's going to get every cent of it.
0: And likewise with
1: Britain. Uh, Britain as well. I don't see going anywhere. I don't think the opt-outs will honestly matter. All right. DJ LeMahieu. That is the Yankees. Uh, what I would personally say is a number one priority, in which their next point here, Digital Mayhew, they have to sign him. He has been the only consistency in the lineup, and that's in the regular season and in the postseason. He's the only person that continuously puts the ball in play. He, he gets big hits, he hits bigger home runs. He is a clutch player. He's honestly the most dynamic player we have and is the only player that we have that is able to play small ball when we need it to happen. That is the Yankees' top priority. They have to re-sign DJ LeMahieu. I'm thinking three or four years, around $100 would probably be a good rage for DJ LeMahieu.
0: I I think you guys would be foolish. Oh, there's my mom. Hello. (laughs) Mom says, hey, guys. Hello, Miss Debbie. Hello. Um, so yeah, I think that is your number one priority right now is definitely getting him right now, but you do have some other guys as well. This is the one that I'm most curious about right now. Brett Gardner. Uh, Oh, it's so sad. I know. I know Uh. it's a brutal decision. You've been brutally honest about him. You honestly, you've said you don't think so. And if they do, it's going to be year to year, but Mm -hmm. I need a yes or no. Is Brett Gardner landing in the, in the Yankee pinstripes next season?
1: Oh, it's a tough one. You know, uh, I don't want to give you the same answer I always give you, but I'll say, I'll, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say no. We've, we've seen the Yankees Courtney. allow. I'm sorry. We've seen the Yankees allow personalities that not only the fans love, but are good in the clubhouse go. He is the longest tenured Yankee to date. Um, he's the only Yankee left. Of the 2009 World Series team in the likes of Brett Gardner. So I I honestly think this was the last year we were going to be seeing guardy parties in the Bronx, uh, in pinstripes, I should say. Unfortunately, because they just don't need him. I'm sorry. They 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 don't. They
0: don't. They have options. But he's he's just one of those guys you don't want to see go. Oh, I agree. Here's someone else I want to bring up quick is Masahiro. Uh,
1: I I think without a doubt – that he's not going anywhere. I mean, that would be insane. Yeah, that would be absolutely lost. nuts. And yeah. sure, sure, he had a lot of woes in the postseason. However, he's he's usually a consistent pitcher. He's usually yeah. a guy that helps us get big games. You can't let him go. So does Clean
0: Kershaw, but you don't yeah. see the Dodgers going, get rid of him. No, yeah. we don't want him anymore. It's not. It's not the case. We'll get If, to you're, if you are, <laughs> yeah, he's coming up. Keep tuned. Uh, he will be coming up later in this podcast. Uh, but yeah, no, it's that's just ridiculous. I think I don't really. I don't see much changing on the Yankees, um, except maybe some of these people you have listed down below here well, that we we're forgot to talk about quickly. Get oh. Pa- oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I didn't pull up a picture of Paxton, but yes. Um, I don't know. I know. That's I think that's one. he is a question mark.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest problem is it's not that. Sure, he had a few inconsistencies. Sure, he had a few moments where he was it was doubtful. We made a good decision on bringing him on the squad, and then he went on a ten game tear last season. This season, he had a lot of injuries. Uh, he's been injury prone, but so how so is every other Yankee. I have a feeling James Paxton can be a fantastic pitcher. Um, whether the Yankees keep him or not, I- I'll say yes, but they're going to definitely use those injuries against him in a sense and say, hey, listen, we're not going to give you a huge deal here. So take yeah. take this one or two years, couple mil and call it a day.
0: Yeah, but what about some of these guys coming up for the trade talk? We have guys like we that we've crapped on all year like Sanchez and Andahar, and mm-hmm. guys who have been relatively consistent or good, had their little stints, um like Torres who had his moments where he wasn't as hot as he was last season, or who I think is your first baseman of the future and long-time first baseman for the Yankees, Luke Voigt. Uh I, I, I'm shocked you even put him on there.
1: but Tyler, you, you've you been hearing the buzz. I mean, there is a Everyone lot. Everyone wants Luke Voigt, of course. There's a lot of conversation about them actually, not, not even just people wanting him. Sure, who wouldn't want a good player that belted home runs like it was their job? I mean, it was, but <laughs> you know what I
0: mean. Yeah, um, it is his job.
1: <laughs> but there's a lot of talk about Luke Voigt taking a hike to another team so the Yankees can acquire those pieces that they desperately need. Like, I'm sorry to say it, the Yankees have Luke Voigt's. And, and I mean that in the most respectful way. Oh, yeah. The Yankees yeah. have the players who can do that. I yeah, mean, have sure. they done it? Did they show that this season? No. Can they They're get all there? young, though. Absolutely. And that's the thing. In all honesty, the Yankees have Luke Voice. Like, he, he's a decent first baseman. He belts the ball like it's nobody's business. If we didn't have Giancarlo Stanton, I'd say that's our DH 100% of the sure. way. However you're running into a situation that I guess we'll talk about once we get to uh, to another name on this list, but we'll get there.
0: (laughs) I don't know, man. I, I, if I'm looking at this list that you have, you gave me here of uh, Sanchez, Torres, Voight, and Andujar, I think there's two that will be gone Mm -hmm. next season and two that will still be with the Yankees. Mm -hmm. And I'd say Sanchez and Andujar, were are not going to be with the Yankees next season, but Torres and Voight will definitely still stick around. And if, if sanchez is still with the yankees next season it's as the secondary catcher well, yeah i mean kyle higashioka i
1: know that'll happen i mean he um he is going approaching another arbitration year which he's going to have to make more than he made last year that's just how arbitration works um so we'll see what they go with that there's i mean you you ask half yankee half the yankee fans will say oh you know maybe this and that and you ask the other half and they say you should have traded them a year ago right yeah. Uh, but those are the same fans that say you should have fired Boone a year ago. So who knows what's <laughs> going on with, with that, right? Um I, I just think the thing with Sanchez is I mean, he didn't get over two hundred in his average this season. Sure it was a sixty game season, sure it was this, sure it was that. It, he wasn't the only catcher playing. There were plenty of catchers who outperformed him that, that aren't as praised. So I yeah. just can't defend him anymore. Like it's just not happening. Nor nor honestly no. have I. So
0: no, I I agree, man. I absolutely agree. Um, but I the next you 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 mentioned him just now and the the name of aaron boone probably the most talked about person in new york right now um is he coming back as yankees manager and if not noah who could take his spot um i before he was even manager i thought garden hire was going to be your your manager um, so I was shocked to see Aaron Boone come in there and Aaron Boone. And I stick by this and I've been saying it for the last three years. Aaron Boone was only chosen as the Yankees manager because the Red Sox signed Alex Cora mm-hmm. as their manager. That is the only reason so that they could match old Red Sox player from the 2004 era with mm-hmm. old Yankees player from the 2003 era. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause they both had their moments in those respective seasons. Yeah. Um, I just don't, see a solid good reason as to why he, they he, they should get rid of him. He is, in my opinion, top three managers in the league. Yeah, yeah.
1: Right I, I, I can't say Cash, Brian, Brian Cashman, along with Hal Cyberman, did already say that Boone's not going
0: anywhere. Yeah, um, he's inexperienced in big decisions, sure, Noah. Um, but I know that's what you wanted to talk about coming yes. in here, is his some of his inexperience. Yes.
1: Now, however, I do have an answer, though. If the Yankees were to move on from Aaron Boone, Who should they go to or who would they go to? There were a few things tossed around. A couple younger people who are bench coaches or base coaches right now, maybe hitting coach or something like that from a bunch of different teams around the majors. But the one name that I saw that I said, you know what? I've seen a few of his games that he's called as an announcer, uh, or sorry to say as a commentator. I'm impressed with his knowledge of baseball to the next level. And he's a guy. He's a guy who has had much experience as a manager in the past. And I think he could take this young team and make them into something amazing, similar to what the next person we're going to talk about here. Dusty Baker is
0: doing with this Astros team. Who am I missing? I'm like, I'm raking my brain and I can't think of who you're about to say Buck Showalter. Oh, can we move on? F- no, 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 no way. I, oh, if, I already good. hate the Yankees. If you guys <laughs> sign Buck Showalter as your head coach and manager, I will never, ever give you guys any credit. He is my least favorite manager in all of baseball. He's the most arrogant Cocky sob Perfect. in baseball history, and he has nothing to base it off of. No championships to that man's reign. I oh god, Noah, get out of here with that. I'll get, say Throw it away.
1: Let's, no, 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 not even close. Um, I'm yeah. going to have another controversial opinion a little later on in this. However, the man, he, he's a veteran. He has a great mind for the game, and I honestly think he would do a great job with this team. Is that going to happen? Absolutely not. However, that is the only thing that I saw that I was like, you know what? I kind of like that. Even though I should, I do.
0: dude. That is so left field. I (laughs) like Buck Showalter doesn't belong on a major league field ever again. I'll say this. If you think that that, I just, I can't stand that face. (laughs) That is one of the faces of baseball. His team could be so utterly wrong in a argument, but he's still going to fight it. And it's. I, I no, it's not good management. I don't care what you say. It just makes your guys cocky and arrogant and it's not good management. If it's a close call and you're wrong, sure. This ball could be in the first row behind the catcher's plate. And the guy's like, that was a strike. And Buck's like, yeah, yeah, that was my guy says it's a strike. It's a strike. I hate that. Oh, you got me fired up now. I can't stand good, Buck show all. Day. I'm going
1: to say this, you think that was bad? Wait till you hear my opinion later on about another person that a lot of people
0: Yeah, let's see. let's talk about what you had here. You said FanSide it's Adam Winrib had Winerib? Yes, Winerib. We, had a great article titled Yankees Dusty Baker's Big Move Should Teach Aaron Boone a Lesson. You want to take me in through that?
1: Yes, absolutely. So in Game 4 of the ALCS, um, Dusty Baker would make his way to the mound in the sixth to console his starter Zach Granke, who was in a two-run jam. um, I'm sorry, who was in a a two-on jam with one out. Uh, The bases would then become loaded in a do-or-die game uh, with Randy Orozarena coming to the plate. He would cause him to fly out, and then Choi uh, would hit a single to load the bases. Granke would then put away Michael Brusso on a beautiful 3-2 changeup. So the manager decided to leave his starter in and showing trust in his guy. That's one thing that I, we talk about a lot with the Yankees. There was a controversial decision in game two, which we'll get to. Um, there's a quote here that I really liked from this article, and it said one round after Boone and the Yankees snuffed out their own momentum by playing with their starters in game two, which was that Davey garcia J. Hap debacle that we, that a lot of people criticized of the ALDS. Baker staved off elimination by rolling the dice and letting his guy know he never lost faith. And that is a quote from the writer Adam Wayne Ribb there who wrote this fantastic article. Um, after the game, Baker was quoted and saying this, uh, Dusty Baker on his decision to ride with Zach Ranking in the sixth, he said, I can't lie to you, there were some prayers involved on the way back to the dugout.
0: So <laughs> honestly, it's just hilarious. Like that's classic Dusty Baker, He's right? It's been so much fun to listen to this season." <laughs> as much as i've hated them uh he's been fun yeah, to listen to
1: absolutely and honestly this just this just shows a veteran of the game like there's sure. no nobody can teach you that no general manager is going to call and say hey what do you think about this gut feeling that is an <laughs> in-game decision yep. as a as a experienced manager that you yeah. literally cannot put a price tag on <laughs> um, and, and honestly would you have seen this and any other team probably not no. in this type of elimination situation we've well, seen this in the Yankees absolutely
0: Look what happened not. just just last night with the Rays I mean yes. we'll talk about that in a second but I was like what are you I'm like screaming at my TV like, why are you taking him out absolutely but that you know um, yeah go ahead carry on yeah, I
1: think the biggest thing, and I've said this before, you know, even leading into the playoffs, we were a weak elephant in the season, and there was a lot of unknowns and mistrust on who's going to catch. A lot yeah. of unknowns and mistrust on who's going to be the third person in the lineup who the second person in the lineup if Tanaka needs an extra day of rest. Um, just players seeing that you believe in them as a manager, as a coach, whatever is huge uh Davey Garcia was pulled in that game too after giving up a solo home run and Hap even after the game said himself that he was not on board with the plan that they laid out for him saying hey we're going to put in Davey for the first inning and then you're going to no, pitch in the second that he is was a not thing. comfortable he literally said I did not I was not comfortable with this plan and they still went forward with it how that's kind of that, shameful yeah that's, how shouldn't
0: it, be saying that though
1: Oh, oh, no, but Tyler, I, I agree with that. Sure, like, you shouldn't go to the press and be like, oh, I didn't feel comfortable with this Look, decision. Look, my
0: coach is a dum-dum.
1: But, but in all honesty, <laughs> the decision was terrible. Like, are they going to stand there? And is, is Hap supposed to take the berating that he's now going to get? He's like, oh, I was like, sure, I can do it. And then he failed. Because, no, he shouldn't have been in that position regardless. Even CC Sabathia himself, who works for the Yankees, who works for the Yankees as an advisor, said that decision was terrible. You should have rode with Garcia in game two and then rode happen in game four. Like there's no, I guess this
0: is an evolution of, of, of baseball commentary because I hate that when players come out and be like, like the coach uh, in the NFL, um, uh, Bruce Arians about Tom Brady. He was like, yeah, Tom Brady sucked today. I'm like, "What? You can just come out and say this about your own players and and coaches. This is allowed now. Um, I, I personally hate that. And you know, I'm not really a big protector of etiquette for, of the game. Um, but the, no, no, no. You don't no, behind the scenes stuff. That's us, and that's only us. Unless you're cheating, like the Astros. Uh, we mm-hmm. need to know about that. There you um, go. There you go. <laughs> but yeah, um, what was the other one you were talking about here? I have another yeah, photo you sent me.
1: Yeah, this other this other photo here was well. This is a grand crazy reaction. Yeah, Zach Grandrie. In oh, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, the sixth after the game, he was interviewed and he said it's nice having someone have confidence in me since I've been here. They haven't seemed to have confidence in my ability. It was nice uh, having that happen at an important time like that and that yeah. is i mean both these images were from this article on fan-sided Def, i would check it out i'll give it a read it's a great read like i said and it's just one of the things that i wanted to talk about that i feel like is a missing point in the yankees i wouldn't say even say their overall front office but just in that decision role m- mid-game like they can make a good game plan you can make a good this is what we want to do once we get to the fifth or the sixth we're gonna turn to britain we're gonna turn to this guy we're chatting into the ninth whatever right yeah these in-game guts Decisions are things that get you further into the postseason. I mean, the, hmm. you, you can't you can't put a price tag on Dusty Baker's ability to be like, you know, let's let's make everyone feel warm, let's make everyone feel like we trust them, which is good, and the players go out there and they perform well, yeah. and that's just that's just what I I know, it's a signal that I wanted man. to, do. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, and that's that's what we can you can get some tips here, Mr. Aaron Boone, as mm-hmm. to how to treat your players. Uh, you don't treat them as pieces, you treat them as people, then you're probably going to have a better uh, better job done in the postseason. And maybe one of these times, you'll maybe make the World Series.
1: Uh, let's, not get um. crazy. let's not get crazy.
0: <laughs> but there was a fun photo I saw online, Mr. Yes, Cross. It I is this it. one here. These two lovely human beings with their beautiful wives enjoying sushi together. Uh, we have Garrett Cole with uh tanaka i believe we have together and they're out to dinner with their beautiful wives having a sushi date and lighter news the yankees aren't in the postseason anymore so they can go eat food
1: yes they can (laughs) eat food they can have they can enjoy their times they can go outside of the bubble (laughs) that photo just made me happy uh and i wanted to use that to end this yankee segment it's good to see that they're chilling because in all honesty if uh, Tanaka, I don't know. But if there was one person who could be like, you know what? I did. I, I tried. And that's Garrett Cole. You can't be mad
0: at him. Hey, listen, if if Tanaka invited me to sushi, I'm going to have sushi with Tanaka. Uh, so... like, we, we don't even like sushi. <laughs> I hate sushi, but and I'm we're... going to go with we're having I'm going to choke it down. <laughs> but with that, Noah, let's move yes. into the postseason. We are talking Dodgers. We are talking Braves to start it off right off the bat. I will get us going here. I'm just going to read through the stats of games one through six, and then we will convene at the end, Mr. Cross. Mm-hmm. So on game one, we had a one to five Braves victory. The Braves offense did their job punching across four in the top of the ninth. Um, it was at one point tied at nine up until the end of that game. Max Fried would lock it down as the starter for the Braves, pitching six innings of one run ball and striking out nine. Trenian of the Dodgers could not get the job done, allowing three runs to cross in the ninth and only recording one out in his appearance. In game two, it was an eight to seven victory for the Braves. This was 100% all about the offense. No pitching present. Pitchers took a nap. Ian Anderson, who started the game for the Braves, would give up, and who was also starting tonight, by the way, uh, would give up five runs through four innings, but his offense would pick him up. Freeman would drive in three. Albies would drive in two. Ozuna, Swanson, and Marcakis would each drive in one. Tony Gonzalez, who started for the Dodgers, would also give up five runs and four innings of work. Dodgers offense, led by Corey Seager, who would drive in four, just couldn't get quite enough to come back and win this one. Then game three happened. We had a 15-3 (laughs) to Dodgers win. That was brutal. The Dodgers would jump all over the Braves who would implode in the very first inning. And there's really, you know what, as much as as you put notes here for this one, Noah, um, there's not much left to talk about because nothing else happened in this game besides some chippy, you know, tit-for-tat home runs. The Dodgers put one up, the Braves put one up. The Dodgers put two up, the Braves put two up. Um, So it was 15 to three final score. Uh, The Braves would only muster three runs in the slaughter, which came from the bottom of their lineup. The front of the lineup was like, listen, we're up 2 we don't need to score today. Let's just chill for a day. Mm. Who wants to go up three nothing? That's not fun, right? Game four happened, and they said, anything you can do, we can do better. 10-2, to two, the Braves had an incredible comeback, uh, and or comeback from the day before. The Braves would return the favor and slaughter the Dodgers in game four. Freeman and Ozuna would go in again and drive in five combined runs. The bottom half of the Braves lineup would then drive in four. Bryce Wilson would start for the Braves and keep his team in it only allowing one earned run through six. And Kershaw would allow four runs through five innings, only striking out four. The Dodgers bullpen would give up four runs, and that was how that one ended. In Game 5, it was 7-3 to three for the Dodgers. Dustin May would open up, uh, would open, I'm sorry, for, the L- for LA, pitching two innings of one run ball. Six pitchers would see action for the Dodgers and only allow one Run. this reminded me of that combined no hitter by the Mariners a few years back <laughs> where they just had so many people coming into that game and they had somehow incredible success mm. Bet Seeger and Smith would drive in a combined seven runs, helping their team take the game four win. And in game six, it's one to three in favor of the Dodgers. Walker Bueller is the only person that I really need to mention here. What a Mm. shutdown performance. The bullpen would pick up after him and only allow one run through the last three innings. Not much offense from either team, but the Dodgers did not need it with their pitching staff. Acuna would be the only one to drive in runs for the Braves. We are tied at three, three Noah, and we have game seven approaching very quickly. uh, It is going to be an interesting game tonight. Game 7, live at 8.15 p.m. on Fox or FS1. Noah, did you expect this? What an incredibly fun series. Absolutely. I mean, you could not see
1: this coming from a mile away, that the Braves and Dodgers would fight this hard, or at least the Braves would bring this fight to the Dodgers. A lot of people would consider the Dodgers to be a juggernaut of a team. Um, but. The reality is they're really not holding it together as much as people thought they could. Their offense is solid. They have amazing field. They have Walker Bueller, who I would say is probably one of the greatest pitch going to be one of the greatest pitchers that is going to be in the game in a couple of years. Uh, Clayton Kershaw is being Clayton Kershaw in the postseason. No real shock there, but they really are just kind of, I honestly would say they're falling apart a bit as a team. Uh, They're not holding it together and doing what we know they're capable of.
0: Yeah. They, uh, The Dodgers did not show up for this series, even though it is tied 3-3, and they had that incredible game three. Uh, these are not the Dodgers that we are used to. Mm. Um, I, I think they are in trouble tonight. I definitely still am sticking with my pick, um, but I just, mm, man... It's brutal. And by by that, I mean, I'm going to have perfect predictions through the championship series, Mr. Cross, uh, with both games going seven. I'm going to mention it again later. So just remember that we're going to talk about my perfect predictions one more time. Um, This was fun and you had it going five. You said Dodgers yeah, and five. I thought for sure.
1: Yeah, I thought for sure the Dodgers would get the job done sooner. I mean, they're the Dodgers. They they the, their record this year was ridiculous compared yeah. to everyone else in, in their division. Granted, the division's garbage, but you know. right, right,
0: right. When you're talking in comparison to the AL, it is not yeah. as uh, contested at the top. Although they, uh, I say that. But everyone except the Dodgers were on a pretty even playing field this season. It was a lot closer than the American League races were, except for the American League West. That was the only – or mm. cent, what are they, Central or West? I forget where the uh, the Astros are. I think they're the West. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, – oh, my gosh. That was a close division. But anything else, not a chance – Uh, Can they stand up to the American League? Um, And that's what I think is going to happen in the World Series, too. But we'll get to that in a moment, Uh, because hopefully I can have a perfect record on the season with my prediction for a World Series champion. Um, Any takeaways from this, Mr. Cross?
1: Um, The Braves are fighters. I mean, there's no other way to put it. They got knocked around a lot in uh, what was that game two or three? Three. Um, yeah. game three. And they came right back in game four and were like, absolutely not. And then they went again. Uh, and they went again. Um, I'm sorry. We're going to see if they could win again, obviously, in game seven. So they had a strong start. They fell apart a little bit towards the middle. The Dodgers started to gain momentum. But, uh, you know, it's good to see uh, this
0: fun series. And I'm excited for game seven tonight. And Courtney, our one of our listeners, brings up a great point that says Tampa Bay took it to Houston, and the Astros are indeed at home. Tampa Bay versus the Houston Astros went, Seven games, now, like I predicted, uh, and it was an exciting, exciting race. Do you want to bring us through how this series played out?
1: Absolutely. Uh, game one would be the tightest game of this series here, where the Rays would pull out a two-to-one victory. It was a pitcher's duel in game one, as the Rays Blake Snell would go five innings of one-run ball. His bullpen would follow up by locking down the Astros lineup right after him. Uh, Framber Val- Valdez would go six innings for the of two-run ball for the Astros, and that's all. The Rays would need to win as Randy, a we're going to do a hit counter here. That was one hit, <laughs> one hit for Randy Rosarena, the rookie here in game number one. And you're going to hear his name uh, as we go through this segment.
0: I wish I had a graphic ready for that. <laughs>
1: uh, game number two, the Rays would take it uh, two to four as Charlie Morton would pick up where he left off in his last start and he would pitch five scoreless innings. Mm-hmm. Um um, and Mel Margot would hit a big three-run blast in the first inning to give the team a lot of momentum in the likes of the Rays. And the Astros lineups could simply not get it done against Morton. And Randy Rosarena would earn two more hits in this uh, game here, bringing his hit total to three. In game number three, the Rays would again take the victory five to two. Uh, the Rays' Ryan uh, Yarborough would um, start in game three uh, as Glass now started game five of the division series, and he was not available to start in that three hole, which obviously was a big hit. That was the game I thought the Rays would maybe lose because they didn't have their horse and the likes of Tyler Glass now, but it didn't matter. As a Yarbrough would pitch five innings of two-run ball Doing as a Tyler Noah would consider keeping your team in the game,
0: and, and let me just say, when this win happened, oh boy, I was doing my happy dance because <laughs> I thought that we had seen the end of the Astros.
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, the Rays overpowering bullpen, led by who I would say is going to be one of the greatest bullpen arms of our of our time, Tyler, and like to Diego Castillo.
0: Oh, which... oh my gosh, yeah.
1: Dude, amazing! Would shut down the Rays. I'm sorry, shut down the Astros uh, to close out this game. The Rays would have a huge six where they pushed across all five of their runs in that sixth inning there, and that's what helped them get the lead. And Randy Rosarena's serious hits counter is up to six hits now in oh. just the first three games, which is very, very big, especially in a lineup that made the playoffs. I mean, the pitchers are good; they're there for a reason. Game number four. We would all think that it was it. We would think that the Rays would take it here. They had a big lead. However, the Astros would avoid elimination with a tight mm-hmm. three-to-four game. With a game three series, with a three-game series lead, it looked like it was all over for the Astros. But they began their comeback in Game Four. Uh, this was a close one. Altuve would jump over a high fastball in the first inning as he likes to do, uh, and the Astros would gain momentum from that and get a must-win. and all I knew honesty, it was
0: over right there.
1: Uh, No, I will say he was, they were on from the beginning. The Astros, they were ready to win. And to be fair, uh, the Rays, not like they, you know, I was surprised to see them get to glass now a bit. I think that rattled them. So, you know, they did their job. They got that big win. It was a must win and they, and they won it. Uh, And Randy Orozarena's hit counter was now at seven hits in uh, just four games here. Game number five, we would see the Astros again, avoid, what I would say honestly was inevitable was elimination for them with the with the mm. deficit that they were trying to come back from with a three to four victory. The Astros would evade the inevitable in another game Springer Brantley and Correa would drive in runs in another must win. The Astros would use Luis Garcia as an opener in their bullpen game where they would use seven arms in total, uh, which honestly is a lot, especially because they were playing seven games straight. You know, every bullpen, uh every time you have to go to the bullpen, it matters in a series where you have seven possible seven games straight, which is what they had to do. The Astros are walking off in the ninth in game five with <laughs> a pimp job, as I'd like to call it, off the bat of the beast, Carlos Correa. And this is where I said, Tyler, it's going beast, to get a little, get a little least. controversial here. I, for one, I have to say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Carlos Correa is a monster. Yeah, you're Carlos right. Carlos Correa. Is uh, Come on. He is damn good. And listen, I'm sorry. As I said, I'm a Yankees fan. I should not even give the Astros a little bit of credit. If I'm going to give anybody on that organization credit, it's going to be that man, Carlos Correa. If you ask me, he's a monster. Uh, that pimp job phrase, I'll give a hundred percent credit to John boy there. He had an amazing video of it and he even himself said, you got to be impressed with that guy. He said, you got to love Dusty Baker, which obviously we do. And you got to be impressed with Carl Correa, Correa," which at least I am. And I will give him credit. Uh, he is an
0: all around. He does is impressive. I just think he's a jack wagon and I just really don't care to watch him play.
1: No, absolutely. I hear you. And as John boy, will say it, if you're going to cut WWE style promos, in interviews like Correa does and just trash people <laughs> nah, and that kind
0: of thing stop it. don't give it reason you have
1: want to like him hold on you have to back it up and I'm sorry with that type of pimp job of a home run that's backing it up you keep talking Correa like you keep talking like Randy Rosa ran his hit counter would be at eight now in seven games. I'm sorry, in five games. Game six would see the Astros again evade the inevitable here. This team just wouldn't die. Seven to four Astros. The Astros would gain, I'm sorry, would again avoid elimination uh in their third must-win game. The Astros one through five would drive in five run, five runs. Kyle Tucker would drive in two from the six hole himself. Yeah, uh, Oh absolutely he did. Uh, Framber Val- Valdez would again pitch a strong 6th innings giving his team in the game of one run ball which the Astros desperately needed after exhausting their bullpen the day before. This game Randy his hits would be now at 8 in just 6 games and his average would be around the 3.81 mark which in the postseason is absolutely insane to be honest. Um game 7 Tyler we had a game 7 baseball rumbled we were excited I don't care what team you like. You always like to see this elimination style game at the end of a really hard-fought series. What a game seven, to be honest, as the Rays would best the Astros four to two. The Rays would give the ball to Charlie Frickin' Morton, and the Astros would give the ball to Lance McCullers. Uh Rosarena would hit a huge two-run jack in the first inning, and Zanino would hit a two-run bomb. I'm sorry, a solo bomb in the second. The Astros would threaten in both the 7th and 8th, but would only get one big hit in the 8th off of the bat of, as I would say, the beast himself, Carlos Correa, with a huge RBI single. Charlie Frickin Morin is a horse, to say the least. He pitched five strong innings of no-run ball, and that would propel the Rays into a big three-run advantage in his in this do-or-die game. McCullers would have a rough first inning and be met with a hug from manager Dusty Baker, as we talked about before. Baker and his wisdom to be able to say, "Listen, we got this. Take it easy." Baker has always been described as a trusting manager, and this would actually help calm down the nerves of McCullers, helping him fight through another two innings, which honestly the Astros needed because, like I said, they exhausted their bullpen a couple of days before. They didn't yeah, have they did. a lot of they didn't have a lot of arms to go to. They really didn't. Yeah. Uh, The Rays would turn to their bullpen, who had a shaky eighth inning, but would ultimately overcome the Astros and hold on to their lead. The Rays would hold on to their lead and win their second AL pennant on their on their quest for their franchise's first World
0: Series championship. Tyler. Time is now. It is happening The prophet has spoken. The day one of the season prediction from T-Bard has come true. The Rays are in the World Series. And you know what, Noah? I went back and listened to episode one. We never picked another, our our National League uh, winner. Really? I thought we had both picked... Uh, our made picks. We both just said who we thought was going to win, and in episode two, we alluded to teams who we thought could be there. You said Dodgers and Braves, I said Dodgers and uh Padres. Mm. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent wrong anymore. <laughs> I was like, I'm looking for it. I was like, I was trying to make a graphic for us. So I'm like, just skipping through episode one. And I'm like, where did we say who our national league team were? But neither of us took a national league team. That's why I couldn't find it. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah. Fair, I am, I, so
1: I'll give you your credit, obviously. Very impressive with the Rays. Cause I don't think anybody would have said. the Rays. No, not a single person had the, the Rays. World Series season. Um, however. You got, I, I did choose the Braves and the Dodgers here. You did and they're both in the pennant, the pennant yeah. race here. Right. All right.
0: Yeah. No, you did very good in episode two though. You know, yes, was, yes. you had time to think about it. Uh. So, you know, we can take a little bit of credit away. I'll give you like 80% <laughs> credit. Folks. What um, I'm trying to say is we know what we're talking about. We, we have been to many a baseball game. I can't even count on mm. 10 hands, how many baseball games I've probably been to Uh. it is been a big part of mine and noah's life and i hope you all can see that through our banter and our love for the sport um we just if you watch enough baseball you can feel moments when they are about to happen when i take my phone out at a game it's because i know something incredible is about to happen so i want to record it so i can watch it over and over again uh and i am lucky enough to have quite a few of those moments saved on my phone um noah and i have been doing this for a bit watching games together and predicting stuff um and we can both attest to each other at how accurate we can be at times um so i am this is by far my best prediction <laughs> i've ever had um having
1: and the rays moving on to the it, World Series, and you, you did make this early too like it wasn't like you you waited until the like a one last game. month of the season. Yeah. After one game, game, game one, you the said this is what's going to happen. So, yeah.
0: And and you had the Yankees, which though it was a, uh, an easier pick. Yeah. um, you, They still had a lot of teams that they had to get through and they made it pretty far. They made it to the ALDS and got knocked out in the same spot mm-hmm. they do every time. They make it um, so <laughs> they, they made make it further it than more than 50% of the rest of the league. So they did better than average. So that's better than my Red Sox can say. I'm trying to give you some credit here, Mr. Roth. <laughs> but it is time to make a world series preview world series prediction. That is. Um, and we are, I'm just going to put it this way. I'm taking the raise. Yeah. No matter, no matter what, who, yeah. no matter who they face, Uh, I am taking the Rays. Their offense is too stifling against any of these uh, either of these two teams pitching staffs. Clayton Kershaw is a bum in the postseason, but I would still love him to come to the Red Sox in the regular season. Um, I'm sorry Clayton. That's just how it is for you. Your back spasms you had going into game two are a load of malarkey. And that's why I said back spasms because I think it's a load of BS that that was even the case. Um, But it is what it is. Um, there is no way that I'm picking the Braves. If anything, I would pick the Dodgers, uh, but I am not taking the Braves over the Rays. Easy pick. We're gonna go five. Rays win the World Series in five games.
1: Okay. Um, if you wait, if you did have to say who would win Game Seven tonight, who do you think is gonna take that?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. If uh, I'm well, I'm picking the Dodgers. Okay. I'm picking the Dodgers to win tonight.
1: Fair. I would agree. I also picked the Dodgers to win tonight. If the Braves win, I'll be excited. However, I think the best matchup is Bra- is uh, Dodgers-Rays, to be honest. Even though, I mean, the Braves, the Braves have outperformed what anyone thought they could do. So I, I feel like either series would be good. But I'm still going to pick the Dodgers. When it comes to the World Series champion, I am going to have to say that the... Tampa Bay Rays will win their first Woo! World Series championship in 2020. Listen, there, aboard. there's there's just no way uh that I honestly see the Dodgers or the Rays being able to best the Rays. The Rays have a overpowered we're going to say good overpowering one, two, and three in their pitching rotation. When the likes of Blake Snell, Charlie Morton, and Tyler Glass now, and then they turn to their bullpen and they have multiple arms that they can trust. And you toss Randy or Rosarena in that mix. You toss G man Choi in that mix. Listen, dude, you're, I'm sorry. Their defense is solid. Adamas at short. Uh, Choi at first. Their offense is solid. They're hitting like it's nobody's business. This team is on. We said at the beginning of the season, it really doesn't matter who's going to be able to outlast other teams. It all that matters is who's hot and when, and they are hot right now. And they're
0: going to win the World Series. I am glad you agree with me. Um, I, I know you have a bit of a soft spot for the Dodgers. So I was surprised. I, I Listen, mean, you, I, I, I'll you, say are, you are historically a heart picker. You mm-hmm. always pick with your heart. Um. So I was shocked. To, I'm shocked to hear this. I will no, no. I, and
1: I will say this. I am still picking with my heart for one reason. I will. I love seeing teams win their first championship. Oh, sure. This, and I mean, it's something that every team wants to do. Uh. Wait. What is the what teams still are still yet to have win a World Series? Hold on. Hold on.
0: It's them. Uh. The Mariners. The Padres. Uh. Pretty sure the Brewers are on that list. Nope, the Brewers. Um, one more. I think there's only five. Rays, Rockies, Mariner. Rockies, I forget the Rockies. Oh, the Rangers! And you know, I always count them out because the they should have. The, they should have right won there twice. <laughs> oh, that was the
1: worst. That I, I was. We were in high school then, and I was pulling so hard for the range. I was so disappointed. I'm still disappointed about those games. Anyway. You love seeing it. I really want to see the Rays win their first championship. I think they're going to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. I am excited. And for, well, look at this. For once, we're on the same page.
1: Yes. This is and nice. One thing. Uh, I know we didn't put it here, but MLB did announce the start times for every World Series game one through seven. Uh, And there there are going to be breaks. So it's going to be a normal series in the likes of two games, break day, three games, and then a break day and then two games. So, like,
0: honestly, thank God. (laughs) All right. Uh, So let's make a call then right now, Noah. Um, If we have to, if this World Series goes past Sunday, do we want to postpone this episode, the, the World Series episode until the World Series is over?
1: Yeah, because let's put it this way: right now, it It would would have have, it would have to end in five. Yeah, and game seven, a possible game seven, wouldn't be until Wednesday.
0: All right. So at the very earliest, uh, okay. So when would game five be? Monday. Uh, Sunday. Oh, geez. OK, so, yeah, at <laughs> the, the very earliest we would have on Sunday because of game four. Um, but at the very latest, you will get your next episode of Baseball with the Bard on Thursday night yep. next week. Uh, we will go the day after. We're not going to go right after because both of us have early, early jobs. Uh, and I'll be working 5 a.m. shifts coming up here yeah. pretty soon. So yeah. uh, it's going to be a long week. For Tyler and Noah, uh, but we will get back to our normal schedule pretty soon when Noah's fall program ends and we will be doing uh, a more broken up schedule uh, coming in the winter to spring until baseball comes back to us in 2021. We will cover all of this on next week's episode of Baseball with the Bard. But I would like to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Clovercrest Media. So bear with me for one moment. If you do love podcasts, please visit Clovercrestmedia.com for a wide selection of great shows covering sports, business, relationships, pop culture, politics, and true crime. There are 26 shows on the CMG network. And if you don't find one you like, start your own. We can help you launch your own podcast for as little as $15 per month. Clovercrestmedia.com is the site. And make sure you check it out and tell your friends about it. You can visit ClovercrestMedia.com and click on the link for the latest on your favorite CMG podcast, as well as blogs, videos, and the latest info. Thank you, everybody, for coming here for episode 14 of Baseball with the Bard. My name is Tyler Bard. That there is my best friend, Noah Cross. Thank you for watching.